This is episode number 71 with leadership developer and results coach, Brian Lovegrove. Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Before we drop into the episode, a quick message from our sponsor, 919 Marketing. I've worked with 919 Marketing for years, and there's no one I trust more with my marketing needs in any of our businesses. I've worked with them in our franchise businesses, in my consulting business. I've worked with them on the franchisor side. And I love working with 919 because they take the time to listen. They take the time to understand what it is I'm looking to accomplish through my marketing, who I'm trying to reach, and then they help me put a plan together to do just that. I've worked with tons of marketing companies over the years, and too often it's a one-size-fits-all approach, but not with 919 Marketing. In addition to that, they've developed some amazing technology called 919 Insights, franchising's first and only AI-powered analytics platform. With 919 Insights in place, 919 Marketing can identify the exact topics that matter to your franchise candidates and provide the specific roadmap to help your brand become the highest ranking and most trusted resource when they're searching for answers. So if you're ready to start getting better results from your marketing, and if you want a free demo of 919 Insights, reach out to Graham Chapman at 919-459-8157 or send them an email at gchapman at 919marketing.com to schedule your free demo today. So whether you're a franchisor, a franchisee, or just getting started in your first franchise business, make sure to check out 919 Marketing and tell them West Barefoot sent you. Now. Let's drop into the episode. Hey, hey, thanks for dropping in on another episode of the Path to Freedom podcast. My guest today is Brian Lovegrove. Brian is a leadership developer and results coach. He's also an Amazon bestselling author, amongst other things. And Brian got into the personal development industry at a very young age and actually started in the industry helping to promote and put on seminars for Tony Robbins. Yeah, you've probably heard of Tony Robbins. But along the way, Brian realized that the personal development or personal growth industry was broken in some ways. And he had an aha moment uh, learning that it's just not enough to, to read a book or go to a seminar or attend a training to get lasting change. And so that's what Brian's whole practice and, and business has been built around ever since. And this episode, Brian shares some amazing advice uh, based on his own experience, as well as his experience working with uh, many clients over the years. He talks about what he calls his five keys of success. 
He talks about how an entrepreneur can grow their business without having to do more work. That's a very important topic. And he also talks a little bit about why we need to stop lying to ourselves about what fear really is and how we need to make fear our friend. And he shares some examples from his book, Unleash Your Fear. So this episode's jam-packed full of information. He and I didn't have enough time to get into all of the topics that I wanted to talk about with him, uh, but I know you'll enjoy this episode and get a ton of value from it. So with that, let's go ahead and drop in with Brian Lovegrove. just spent a few minutes chatting offline, trying to decide kind of, you know, what would be the best topics to have you try to tackle today? There's a lot of topics that you could speak to that I know would be relevant for the audience. So, you know, maybe we'll have to look at having you come on for round two, uh, because I know we're not going to be able to cover everything I'd like to uh, in the time we have today. But, you know, for those that that may not be familiar with you and your work, um, you know, give us the 30,000 foot view of of who you are, what you do, and who you help? Well, I'm actually a leadership developer and results coach. Along the way, I spent a lot of time and effort trying to get to where I wanted to go. I got introduced to personal development at a very young age. My father was a commercial real estate broker, and I got stuck listening to whatever he put into the tape deck because this was back before the iPod, the noise-canceling headphones, and that great, wonderful device that many of us grew up with, the Sony Walkman. Yep. (laughs) I got introduced to guys like Earl Nightingale, Jim Rohn, and my favorite, Zig Ziglar. Yep. And they really helped shape me in those early years. And when I was 17, I went and spent my own hard-earned money on my first tape program from Tony Robbins, Unlimited Power. Yeah. And most people probably listening know Tony Robbins. I actually worked for one of his franchises for a while. And when I found out he had a coaching certification program, I jumped in feet first and have three of the four certifications from his organizations, the Raman Madonna's training group. Oh, wow. Because I saw in my own life, after spending lots of time and energy and reading lots of books and going to a lot of programs and going to a lot of seminars, it was like, okay, I'm learned all this stuff. I know what I'm supposed to be doing, but why am I not getting that level of success? Why am I not reaching new heights on a regular, consistent basis? Yeah. And what I realized one time when I was standing at the back of the room, because my butt had had enough of that two hour chair (laughs) in an eight hour seminar, I was looking at the different people around the room and I was realizing that they didn't necessarily come to this event because they were looking they, they were looking for solutions, but they weren't necessarily going to follow through and implement on what they were learning. Right. And unfortunately, the training industry feels that, okay, if I give you more information, if I make you feel like you walked out of there, oh man, they gave us so much great information, da, 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 that that actually adds more value. And in my mind, that actually diminishes the value because they give you so much, you don't know necessarily where to start when you've come out the other side of the event and you don't necessarily have the ability to take action on the things that they gave you. And when you try to look at that book a week later, 
you're trying to figure out, okay, now how do I do this thing? Yeah. Where but do I, I even start? Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, and because of that, again, we feel that fear of overwhelm. Oh, I'll come back to this later. And yes, it was a great event. We appreciate the energy. We appreciate the feelings and we had a great time at it, but we never really implemented the things that we learned at that event. And so I recognized a lack of follow through, not only for myself, but in most people, in most areas of our lives, mm-hmm. we don't follow through on those things, especially those things that aren't, don't, that will move the needle for us, that will take us to the next level because we get so busy and so caught up in the em- things that are immediate or pressing that, yeah, we got to do them potentially, but they're not really going to move the needle. They're, we're doing more of the routine things that keep us where we are. It's yeah. like running on the treadmill or are you out there carving a new path? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I know this is the case for me, you know, in, in, points of my life where I'll just kind of I'll fall into you know whatever routine is comfortable even though it may not be generating results or the best results it could just because it's it's easy right it's it's what I know uh, you know it's just kind of going through the motions versus um, you know really putting in the work to to try new things establish new routines or or any of that so I I totally understand and, and I would agree that you know, a lot of what is taught in personal development, whether it's courses or seminars or books, it doesn't get implemented um, by the majority of the people consuming uh, this information. Do you think it's it's more to do with the fact that people don't know how to implement it or that people are looking for shortcuts and they're looking for, hey, if I go to this seminar, I'm going to get overnight results and they're just not willing to put in the work or, or is one a function of the other? Well, all of the above. <laughs> okay. When you stop to think about it, these people, when they're promoting these events, what are they promising? They're promising that by the end of this seminar, you will be capable of doing blah, 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 blah. And so they're creating the hype around it. Yeah. And actually one of the things that when I first started going Eventually, they started saying, hey, you know, before we get started, you know, what are your expectations? And I realized I was walking in the door with no expectations. Mm. I was like, ooh, interesting. And then as, the, as I started going more and more of these events, it was like, okay, what am I expecting? What do I want out of this? And a lot of times people were commenting on, I want to be able to have a clear step-by-step process on how to do X, whether that's real estate investing, you know, stock trading, you name it, you know, there's a seminar out there to teach you how to do it. And most of the time, to give you an analogy, that's like giving you the roadmap on how to get from point A to point B. And once the event is done, they say, all right, go have fun. But (laughs) When you get to the first bridge and you realize it's washed out, what do you do? Yeah. How do you keep going? How do you move forward? And you run into that first obstacle and it's like, oh, this isn't going to work. And you give up. Yeah. I did that more times than I care to count. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we all have, if we're being honest with ourselves. 
Right. And the thing is, is we got to learn to do it hard. Everything that we have learned to do, we probably failed at out of the gate. You know, if you remember learning to drive a car, you weren't great when the first time you got behind the wheel, you weren't Mario Andretti. You might have thought that, yeah, but I can tell you, you weren't because you're trying to do so many things at the same time. And because you don't have that experience, you don't have that practical experience of it in order to get good enough at it. And that's the problem is most people aren't willing to stick with it long enough to get good enough at it because that time frame is hard. It's where failure happens or the perception of failure happens. And we don't necessarily learn the lessons that that's trying to teach us. We're not adjusting. We're not adapting to that approach to help us make the shift to where we finally get good enough at it. We get, we fall down several times and we eventually says, you know what, this battle is not worth fighting. Or because again, we haven't created enough desire and enough pain to staying put mm-hmm. and going back to that comfort zone. Unfortunately, most people would rather stay comfortable than to become successful. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And, and that's something I want to unpack more of from, from your perspective and experience, because it's, it's a topic that comes up pretty regularly on this show. You know, I've talked a lot about it. Um, but before we before we dive into that, so so I mean it's it's safe to say it sounds like you pretty much grew up kind of in the personal development industry, um, and and now you're a leadership development and results coach. Um, so so how have you been able to really take you know all the things that you've kind of you know seen in the personal development industry? Some of these things you just mentioned that you know are maybe not actually helping people get results. And, and how are you able to, to do it differently and actually, you know, help get results for the people that you're, that you're working with, or at least give them what they need to implement what they're learning so they can get the results for themselves? Well, what I realized was we needed to stop giving people the map and start taking the journey with them. Mm. They need a guide along the way. Okay. Because a lot when you happens to run into that bridge, it's like, or or that washed out bridge, what do you do? Well, if you don't know, it's like, okay, ask yourself, what could I do? What are the other ways across? Is there another path around this? But it allows you to, you know, step back, do the analysis and determine the best way forward. And having a coach there beside you is where you're able to do that in a manner that helps you get further along. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we provide along the way is accountability. So many times people are out there trying to do it on their own. And that's one of the biggest myths that we've got to break as being a small business owner and entrepreneur. Don't do it by yourself. Surround yourself with people that are going to support you and help you get to where you want to go. You can take the long way and try to do it yourself. And yeah, you might eventually get there, but it's only by standing on the shoulders of people around you. Are you going to be able to reach the higher levels? Well said. 
Well said. And, and, and I can tell you this, that resonates with me. I mean, as you know, I, I specialize in franchising. So not that I want to derail the conversation, but I would be remiss doing what I do to not bring up the fact that, that everything you just said, you know, really uh, is relevant to, to a franchise. It's, you can kind of think of it the same way as if you're a brand new business owner, just starting out, you know, you're not going to know where the pitfalls are. You're not going to know what to do if you do hit a pitfall. Um, that's where being part of a good franchise system with a franchisor, but also other franchisees that have been in the same business for longer can be so extremely valuable uh, in franchising. You know, we like to say, if you own a franchise, you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And so it sounds like that's really the, the same approach that you're taking through the coaching that you do. It's not, Hey, let's, let's sit down for a couple of hours. I'm going to, you know, show the, show you the playbook and, or, or show you the roadmap and then, you know, wish you well off to the races. It's, Hey, let's, let's go on this journey together. Right. There's so many things that, yes, having that franchise, having that support, having, because again, they give you a very detailed roadmap mm -hmm. in the franchise. But then again, you still have to take that journey. Now, when you, when you do run into a roadblock, you can pick up the phone and make a phone call to get support, or you're getting on a regular franchisee call where you can come in and ask questions and you mm -hmm. find out what the other people are experiencing. That's the one thing I love about group coaching is a lot of times yeah. you're going to get answers to questions you didn't know you even needed to ask. Yeah. And you will, it's like, Ooh, I wish I had learned this when the franchisees five years in says, gee, I wish I would have known this within the first six months and you're the new guy. You just got handed a giant golden nugget. Yeah. Knowledge bomb. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but it only is effective is if you implement that process. And that's Absolutely. where the accountability piece comes in is because when I, again, that was, I spent a lot of time. I've spent over a quarter of a million dollars in my education of helping me grow and succeed. And it was only when I had invested in a program that had some, some coaching as part of that. It was an upsell. It was very expensive. And I met with the guy for six times each month for six months. Wow. And what I realized in this process was, I knew I was going to have to get on the phone with him. Uh -huh. And so we, we initially started off and we set some goals and set some targets on what I was going to accomplish. And as we got closer and closer, I realized I'm going to have to get on the phone with him. So I actually got more done in that time frame in that month, because I knew I was going to have to get on the phone with him. Yeah. And as I went through this process, I realized I did more in the week before that phone call than I did the other three weeks. Yeah. I, I think I that got more. Yeah. And I got more done in those six months than I had probably the previous five years. The accountability piece is huge. You know, I I've, I've had some coaching um, and there's one coach I've had, you know, in particular that, that stands out no way in hell I'm getting on the phone with Sheldon without having done the things we talked about that I needed to do before the next meeting. You know, it's not like he yelled. It's not like he was mean. It was like, I didn't want to disappoint him. Um, right. 
And, and so that's powerful. The, the accountability. I also think it's just valuable and to, to have, you know, kind of like a, a third party or just someone with a different perspective looking at it. Right. And, and like you and I were talking, you know, offline. So, so the businesses that we own are franchises, right? So there is a lot of that support network that we talked about, but, you know, for my wife and I, you know, number one, we own multiple businesses. We've got, you know, some real estate stuff. We've got a lot that we have going on a lot more that, that we want to do. And so I think, you know, for us having someone that's not part of either of the franchise organizations that we own, you know, spending some time with us, doing some coaching, holding us accountable. But I just think having that, that kind of different perspective, someone looking at it, maybe a little more from the outside, you know, when you own a business, you're in it, right? And sometimes, you know, you can't see the, the uh, trees through the forest. And, right. and so having someone with that perspective, I think can be very valuable as well. Yeah, outside perspective is huge. Because like you said, when you are in the picture, you can't see the whole picture. Yeah. And you can't see the things that you are blinded to. What assumptions are you making? And many times that's what comes back to bite us in the backside. Yeah. Are those assumptions because it's like, ooh, I didn't think about that. And going around one of the part of the things that I've done in the past was some risk management. And it's like, and so I was frequently asking myself, okay, what could go wrong here? What could, what could derail this process? And it was actually a big shift for me because in the beginning, when I was starting out, I was the guy that put on the rose colored glasses. I drank the Kool-Aid and you know, there was failure was, that's, that's for the other guy. Right. You know, I, you know, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to be able to go out and sell anybody and everybody I come across. I mean, the leads are just going to automatically appear in my, my mailbox. You know, (laughs) it was automatically going to happen. Right. And when it didn't happen and I landed flat on my face, I didn't know what to do. I didn't, because again, I hadn't even considered the alternative or what could go wrong, which is one of the things that I learned along the way is to, okay, you mitigate the risk as much as you can, and then you move forward. But there's another piece to that is that so many times we feel like we have to wait for all the lights to go green before we go from the house to the grocery store. Okay. So in order, before we start to head out to, to start this business, we have to know all 3,767 steps. Okay. And you're on step seven <laughs> and, and, and you're like, Hmm, I've, I have to figure out the solution to 268. It's like, no, you need to worry about steps. You're on, if you're on seven, you need to worry about eight and nine. Yeah. Because by the time you get to 12, you will have grown more so that you can answer the questions. It's, can I get to the next step? And that's really what we help people focus on is what's the next step? What's the next step up that's going to lead you where you want to go? Yeah. Next step in the right direction. Bingo. That's something that we also talked about offline is there's so many people that are running around that are so busy. There are so many distractions. The cell phone is actually programmed 
who hook you, to distract you, to grab your attention. There's actually a book out there called Hooked. Yep, yep. And he's written the opposite of it, where it, of, I don't remember the name of it because I went and looked at it. It's like Undistractable or something like that, I believe is yeah, the name of the it title. Is. Yep. And exactly it. it's like, look, here's how you hook somebody. Here's how you grab their subconsciously grab their attention. And here's how you reward them for their attention. And then he had to write the book. He says, okay, here, here's the detox. Here's the addiction and here's the detox. Yeah. And, and I got into that because again, I suffered from it. We all suffer from it. You know, when you can't leave your phone alone for a period of time, let's say half a day, what would happen if you were away from your phone for an entire day? Most people like will get the shakes. Yeah, like, uh, like do it. you know, and, and, and you know, it's like, okay, like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Where's my phone? It's become Find an that. extension of us. Exactly. It has become that. And when I'm working with people and trying to help them effectively use their time to their best, of, it's going to lead them in the direction they want to go. One of the things that we start with is turning off the noise. And it's like, okay, you have to put the phone down. We talk about creating focus windows where you basically close out of the email, you silence the phone. And let's say it's, it's to, to work on a podcast or, or to write a blog or to write the next marketing piece. Mm -hmm. And you basically sit down and you carve out 30 minutes to an hour where you remove all the distractions. And so you can focus 100% on that top priority task. And it, it, it takes effort to create that focus window for people if they're not used to doing it. It does. I can vouch for that. You know, that whole process of creating that focus window and then making that focus window a regular part of your schedule each week. Because imagine what you could do if you carved out one hour a day to focus on your top priority. What would that do for you? That's, if you do the math, if you do that one hour a day for an entire year, that is nine weeks of pure productivity. Wow. What could you do with nine weeks? That's 200, that's 24 hours a day of nine weeks of pure productivity. What could happen in that time? What could you get done? You can move the needle a lot. You break the gauge. <laughs> I like that. Wes here. You may have noticed there's a franchising theme to this podcast. And that's because franchising has had a massive impact on my life. And it's the very reason I'm walking my own path to freedom. In fact, one of my companies is a franchise consulting company where I work with people to help them understand franchising and determine if it might be a good fit for them. And if it is something they want to explore, then I help them navigate the entire investigative process and ultimately find a franchise business that's a great match for them. You know, the fact of the matter is there are thousands and thousands of franchise businesses out there today. And like anything, there are good ones and there are bad ones. Even out of the many, many great franchise companies, not every one of them would necessarily be a good fit for you. You know, buying a franchise is a huge decision 
and you don't want to wing it. I've helped many people buy franchise businesses over the years, and my wife and I have bought and own franchises today, and we plan to keep investing in franchise businesses. I love helping people understand this process and help them find a business that's going to be a great fit for them and help them accomplish their goals and ultimately create that freedom in their life that we're all looking for. The best part of all of this is that my services are free to the people I work with. And while I do love to contribute to charities and other great causes, I'm not a nonprofit. I'm compensated by the franchise companies I work with when I introduce them to someone that ends up becoming one of their franchisees. It's very similar to real estate, but with franchises. I have the privilege of working with hundreds and hundreds of the best franchise companies out there across practically every industry. So I can be absolutely confident that when I recommend someone to look at a franchise company, I'm introducing them to a very credible and proven company with a solid business model and great support. So if you think you might be interested in learning more about franchising and seeing if it might be right for you, I'd love to speak with you. Get in touch with me by email at wes at path2freedom.com, path, the number two, frdm.com. And also check out my website at pathtofreedom.com, spelled the same way, where I've got a ton of resources, both franchise and non-franchise related, that will help you start down your own path to freedom. And of course, subscribe to and follow the podcast for more great advice about business ownership. And if you know anyone else that might be interested in speaking with me, please share this podcast with them. Thanks for listening to my shameless plug. Now let's drop back into the episode. These focus windows are so important for me. And I go through phases where I'm pretty dialed in. And I go through phases where I'm the easiest, most easily distracted guy around, right? Exactly. Chasing them all over the place, right? And there's days where, you know, I'm in my office all day. And, you know, outside of the phone meetings I had scheduled, like, what the hell did I get done today? I don't know. I probably deleted, you know, about 45 emails and responded to some very non-urgent emails and felt busy, but I certainly wasn't productive. And so, so I I think these focus windows that, because I I've done it, um, you know, I, I do it well sometimes that, that is huge. You know, what are, what are some of the other, I guess, most common Before things? Before we dive into that, let me come back to that point right, where right. it's doing them consistently. Yes. Yeah. Making it a routine. Right. For example, if you go and you double a penny for 30 days, how much money do you end up with? I forget what it is, but it's a lot. It's over a million dollars. Yeah. Okay. If you miss a day or two along the way, you're missing it. You miss three days. You go from over a million to under a quarter of a million. No way. Yeah. That's, that's a powerful example. And so if you sit there and you, even if you do five days, that, that focus window for five days, Monday through Friday, you carve out that one hour, you miss a day. Again, that momentum that you're creating falls off. That compounding effect is not only around money, it's around our use of time and the activity that we create. We see that in growth. You know, you start off really slow. And then if you could see my hand, it's going through that arc up. Mm -hmm. 
that compounding arc that once that growth takes off, yes, it doesn't feel like it in the beginning. It feels like it's taking forever. But when you made that corner and you're going now near vertical, it's because of the fact that you put in the effort back when you were only seeing that, okay, it doubled from four pennies to eight pennies. What's four pennies? No big deal. It's the difference between making, finishing the game mm. with over a million dollars or finishing the game with less than a hundred thousand. Yeah. Those little things, it's those little things. It's, and that's the key here. It's not necessarily you trying to create this huge monumental shift in your life. It's you sticking to doing the fundamental things consistently that are going to get you to where you want to go. I don't really teach anything monumental to people. I don't help people do monumental things. I help people do small incremental things that create mon mon monumental levels of results. Yeah. And I said, I call myself a results coach because at the end of the day, yeah, we can talk about stuff that makes you feel good. We can talk about stuff that's going to have you have some real aha moments. But unless I can get you to shift your behaviors and have you shift your results, that's when the rubber meets the road. That's when you're going to see a shift in your income and you're going to go, okay, working with Brian makes sense. My goal when I'm working with my clients is for them to earn 10 times as much money as I'm asking them to pay me. Because at the end of the day, if they are not getting the value in the bottom line, actually, it's not the bottom line. I call it the second line. And if you haven't, aren't familiar with that, you need to go read the book, Profit First from Michael Michaelwitz. I had uh, an, uh, an affiliate of his on the show. I've read Profit First, and then uh, I had a, um, God, I'm drawing a blank on his name now, but he's, he's part of Michael's program. Right. Um, so he's, you know, certified Profit First uh, coach and, and has his own practice. So, um, yeah, 100% agree with that. So, so how tactical are you getting with, with the people that you're working with? Cause you know, the focus window, the way you've explained it makes total sense. Right. I think, right. I know at times I've struggled, you know, in, in one business or another business uh, you know, sometimes in all of our businesses at once of, of even figuring out, okay, if I, if I block out these, these times and, and block out the distractions, create these focus windows. Okay. Well, now, what do I focus on? Like, are, right. are you getting really tactical and, and helping your clients figure out, you know, these are the things that you need to be prioritizing? Because I think I'm sure you see this. I see it. Uh, we've been there. Biggest thing that holds so many business owners back from going to the next level and beyond that is that they try to do too much of it themselves um, mm -hmm. and they hit ceilings. Right. And so I think that goes right along with what we're talking about, which is like, you know, it's easy to feel busy without being productive at all. So are you really digging in with your clients to, to figure out, hey, you know, this is where your time is best spent. These are things that you need to really try to get off of your plate and, and help them actually do that. So when they do have these focus windows, they're, they're actually spending that time 
where they're going to get the strongest return on the investment of their time. Yes, we dive into the tactical stuff, but Wes, I'm not going to tell you what to do because who's the expert on your business? Well, well, I am. So exactly because of that fact, I'm going to say, okay, well, I'm going to ask you questions and say, okay, Wes, based upon which is going to give you the bigger return, I'm going to help you prioritize. Yes. And I'm going to ask you questions because again, what is the best use of your time? Only Wes can tell me that. But once sure. if we were working together and you said, okay, let's talk about where we are, what's going to move the needle for us. What's the, what's that one thing that you need to really be focused on? And I says, okay, how much time are you going to commit to make that project a reality? And then we're going to sit and we're going to, okay, when, when we get back together the next week, and it says, okay, Wes, you committed to spending five hours this week working on this big project. What kind of progress did you make? And you're going to tell me, well, really, I only spent about two and a half hours. And I'm going to help you understand what's in the way. And then we're going to talk about how to eliminate that. Yes. How to break those chains that are holding you back. Because yep. again, there's going to be things that are holding you back that need to be dealt with. We go not necessarily sticking on the surface level of dealing. Okay, how do we get you more time? Because that's not the issue. Right. The issue is underneath it. So we go down and un figure out, uncover what the root cause of that is. And I help you solve that problem. Yeah. And that's, so that's where I was going with the question. Uh, probably didn't phrase it very well because, you know, like I said, we've, we've been there. We still struggle with it from time to time in our businesses. I see other business owners. It's very hard for a lot of business owners to let go of certain things in the business, especially if, you know, when they started the business, it was really just them and they were wearing all the hats. And then, you know, in order for the business to scale, you likely have to bring some other people in or, or outsource some things. And, and that can be hard for a lot of people, ourselves included, to let go of certain things. So that, that's what I was getting at is, are you able to, you know, right. not only help them know what to prioritize, because they, they should know, right, it's their business, but, but how to actually, you know, get other things off of their plate so that they do have the bandwidth to, to spend the majority of their time where they should be. I think of these things as, as what I call HPAs, high payoff activities. Right. Your, your high performance habits. Yeah. Along the way, you said a lot of different things in there. It's like, I wanted to jump in. I wanted to jump in. Um, number one, yes. In fact, the people that I love to work with are those people that are super busy, that are overwhelmed with what they're trying to get done because they're stuck being the operator in the business. Mm -hmm. And they and they're and they see the value and they want to move to the other side, which is being the business owner. Mm -hmm. And they're coming back from their fifth vacation of the year and realizing that their business was is better off than it was before they left. Yeah. And and so I help them definitely build the bridge from being the operator in the business to being the owner in their business. Because there is a lot of psychological stuff going on around that trust factor. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we are unwilling to let go because what, what do people say? It's like, nobody can do it as good as I can. Exactly. But is that really true? 
Now, the other thing we have as entrepreneurs, we tend to be perfectionists. Our standard is through the roof. You know, if our standard is a hundred, our customers, what's, what's the customer expectation? Probably around 60 or 70, right. right? Okay. And so if we find somebody who can deliver consistently between 80 and 90, that's good enough, isn't it? it because exceeds. again, right. It exceeds the customer's expectations. It's close enough to what we could do. It gets the job done. One of the things that we are constantly helping people understand is that it's better to be able to move forward with good enough than great. Or perfection, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Again, there's we, we spend 90% of our time, we spend you know 20% of our time getting to 90% there. And we spend the other 80% of the time trying to get that last 10%. Mm-hmm. You know, we spend 50% to get to 95, but those last few percents, when we get down in the weeds and we get stuck in the details, be, be, thinking that we has to be absolutely perfect or they're not going to pay for it or they're not going to like it. And we, you know, we bring it out to them. This is like, this looks freaking amazing. You should be costing, charging me two times this. You know, there's so much out there that we're trying to do for someone else that when we don't understand what their standard is, we may end up, end up losing and overperforming. And there's different levels along the way. There's so much that we could dive into this and, and parse it out as we go farther, which we don't have time to do right now. Yeah. But again, at the end of the day, being able to trust somebody enough to get them to perform at an acceptable level that's the key point. But again, it's, I, I always come back to the great phrase that we heard from Ronald Reagan, trust, but verify. Yes. You know, yes. how do you make sure they're getting the job done? You don't have to do the job. Your job is to make sure that they have the, the tools and knowledge to get the job done. And then you need to give them the space to get the job done. Yeah. Yeah, And then well, and through that education process, they're going to develop the skills, they're going to develop the habits, and they're going to get to the point where it's like, okay, they develop that trust within you. And so that you don't necessarily have to come back and verify every single product that they're producing. Right. Yeah, you can kind of scale it back over time as as they get better and, and earn your trust. And you know, the other thing, like I've seen this in, in one of our businesses and, uh, you know, this is something that, that a mentor of mine has, has talked to me quite a bit about is, and I think it goes hand in hand with, with, you know, being okay with good enough. I think you also have to be okay with, you know, teaching them the basic process of how to do something, but being okay if they don't do it exactly the way you would do it. Um, right. Which, which is also a challenge sometimes, but what you'll find is you have the right person in the right seat in your business for what you're asking them to do. You, you teach them what they need, you give them the tools to be successful, and then you empower them to go do it, but also do it as themselves. They could very likely end up getting better results than you ever could. 
Absolutely. So you go from good enough to better than you've ever had before. Right. And, and you notice I said, give them the space to be yeah. able to get it yeah. done. That's what sparked that, that, that right. thought. And that's actually yeah. one of the things that we teach from a leadership perspective is that's part of that empowerment piece. You have to give that person ownership. They have to, they have to feel like they're, they're involved in the process. Mm-hmm. And yes, there's a lot of that as that we can dive into in another session with that though, give them the objective. What's the end result that you want? And then realize that, you know what? Your way is not the only way. There are other avenues. Now, you may see them making some of the same mistakes that you made, and you come alongside, hey, looks like you're running into this problem. You know, I ran into that too, and here's what I found works. Why don't you try that and see if it'll help you? And therefore, you're not coming along and say, hey, you're making a stupid mistake. What are you doing? I taught you better than this. You know, there's, uh, how you approach it, and how you handle things makes all the difference. Because at the end of the day, one of the biggest challenges that we face as business owners is getting the people that work for us to be able to produce at the level we need them to. And we want, because people don't quit jobs, they quit bosses. And so how do you become the type of person that somebody wants to work for. And again, that's, that's, that's part of that ownership, being the operator in the business to being the owner in the business. Again, there's a lot of skills that need to be developed. There's a lot of mind shift that needs to happen in that process. And that doesn't happen overnight. And, but helping having someone guide you through that process. And it's like, Hey, come vent to me first. I, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten a call from a client that says, you will not believe what my employee just did. And they're <laughs> calling me says, help me walk through this. How do I handle this? Yeah. And part of that is, is we, 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 we step back, we take the emotion out of it. Mm. And we talk about how to handle this situation. Because again, it's like having that outside perspective. And it's like, okay. And then it's also turning the ball around and saying, okay, this person is doing this for a reason. What is their reasons for this? What is, because again, they're coming to us with their own perspective, their own frame of reference, their own experiences. And so they may be doing it for a reason that they think is positive. That's mm-hmm. something that we share is that is, is a belief that everyone is doing the best they can with what they got. Yeah, and well, that, and sorry to cut you off, but in our experience, you know, we've had, we've had situations arise where we're like, what in the hell was that employee thinking? And then after like talking with them, you realize they, they thought they knocked it out of the park. They thought they did exactly what we wanted them to do. We didn't set the expectations appropriately. It was on us. It wasn't, it wasn't on the employee. Um, so, so I like that. I, you know, I, I know we've got, a lot we, more we want to cover. Um, you know, one thing I've got to have you speak to a little bit, and, and it really it ties right into everything we've been talking about, right? Because I think a lot of this, you know, the underlying kind of challenge, you know, for, because a lot of business owners, they're probably sitting here shaking their head as they hear you talking about these things. They're like, yep, 
you know, that's me or that's me some of the time. A lot of business owners know what they need to do. They know what they need to do differently. They know what they need to change, yet nothing changes. So, I mean, to me, uh, the underlying theme here is, you know, it's, it's having to get uncomfortable. It's having to change the way that you've been doing things. And maybe the way you've been doing things get pretty good results, but you know you could get better results. You know you could take your business to the next level and beyond that but it's going to involve changing and getting uncomfortable and people don't like to do that. And, and so I know this is something that you spend a lot of time with your coaching clients on. Um, talk to us a little bit, how you're able to, to help your clients uh, maybe get more comfortable being uncomfortable. Well, I wrote a book called unleash your fear that kind of helps people walk through that process of what fear really is it helps you redefine fear because when we grew up, we were taught that fear is this bad, horrible thing. It's a four letter word that we tend to avoid. Yeah. And you, you brought up several others. You brought up overwhelm. You brought up fears. You brought up uh, doubts. You know, all of those are just different flavors, the, the different terms that we call that are really fear. Mm-hmm. It, yep. it they different categories of fear. And I've brought up the fear of failure, the fear of rejection. Those are all things that hold us back. And it's only when you stop and address those issues and you understand where they're coming from within you. And part of that is, is also helping you understand how to turn fear around and turn fear as opposed to the enemy into your ally. Mm turn fear into something that's holding you back and instead of something pulling you forward. And we talked about the fear of missing out and the fear of regret. And it's only when you make those pains, the pain that is associated with those fears greater than the fear of being uncomfortable, the fear of the unknown, the fear of those doubts and that overwhelm. It's only when the pain of missing out and the fear of regret is greater than those other fears. Are you going to move forward? Because when you boil it down, we move away from pain and towards pleasure. Uh-huh. And so through the, we actually have a process that we take people through to do just that. How do you burn the boats yeah. to make sure that there is no retreat? There is no going back. You there, as one of my clients loves to say, the alternative is unacceptable. And so the only way, the only way you can go is forward. Mm. And the challenge with running the business is like, you know what, this really isn't working out. If you have a plan B, you're going to fail because you have another way out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lifeboat. Right. And if you have that opportunity to pursue another avenue, now I'm not saying, especially, you know, I know people when they're starting out on their business, I'm not saying walk away from the W2 job automatically and then jump into this thing feet first. Some people get thrown into the deep end. I got thrown into the deep end even after a few years of starting my coaching business. It was one of the greatest things that happened to me. But I was actually ready and capable of being able to swim and keep going. Was it scary? 
absolutely. Did I run out of money? I came awful close. I was like, okay, what's how are we going to make this work? Yeah. Now I, I says, okay, how do I keep? And so I asked the quality question. See the, the questions we ask ourselves are going to determine where we go. Mm. And I went, okay, if coaching is what I want to do for the rest of my life, if it's where I'm going to be successful, it's going to make me feel fulfilled. How do I keep moving forward in this path while still being able to cover my expenses? Mm-hmm. And so I broke down and I did some crazy things that people were like, I can't believe you did that. I drove Uber and I drove the drunk shift. I work, live in a college <laughs> town. And so on Friday and Saturday nights, I was hopping in my car and I was driving around a bunch of drunk college students most of the time. And I got paid great money. I was getting paid 30 to $50 an hour doing that. Yeah. And I've delivered food before, you know, but again, I was making good money doing it. I said, okay, in order for me to stick around and, and, and do this side hustle, one, it had to allow me to pursue my coaching practice and do what I wanted to do with that. But it also gave me the flexibility to do it when in the evenings primarily. And it allowed me to be able to, to do enough to keep going and allowed me to keep moving forward. And as that momentum started to develop, because I kept taking the right actions and I kept getting in front of the people and I kept making connections and I kept pursuing things and I kept putting content out there and I kept doing more and more of those activities the results started to happen. I started to slowly increase to the point where now all I have to do is sit back and relax and that engine is running. We've got the, we've got the systems in place to keep the leads coming in, to conti- but, but I'm continually doing the networking locally and doing those things that are going to drive the engine forward. I'm continually putting fuel into the engine. Mm-hmm. And it has started to produce the results that I wanted. And it was only through following the strategies that I teach my clients that it was able to work for me. I helped one of my clients go from a, she's a massage therapist. She was trying to survive after in, in the middle of her second pregnancy. And she was so afraid of losing her business because she was going to have to take time off mm. to have the baby. Two, two and a half months ago, she had her third baby who actually ended up being a preemie and ended up in the NIC unit for almost a month. Wow. And so she was spending all of her time up at the hospital, but she had five employees. One of them was an office manager, four other therapists, and her business not only survived, it thrived. There you go. And that she is just now coming back off maternity leave. Within two weeks of her being off of maternity leave, there's a COVID scare. And she, not inside the business, but for her. And so she had to take off a week to make sure that she wasn't infected and wasn't, wouldn't be affecting her clients. Right. Again, all they did was they only one person skipped an appointment. Everybody else that was on her schedule originally adjusted. They went to work with one of the other therapists or the one guy she moved in a day. She was able to make the shifts and now her business is thriving and giving her the lifestyle that she wants. And she's not only in one location, she's in two locations. Yeah. And she's, she can, she hired a therapist 
the week before she got the COVID scare. And because she started when she did, they were able to pick it up. And I was the first, because I'm one of her clients as well, I got to be the guinea pig. I got to be the, the new employee's first <laughs> body on the table. And, and I was, she, she was great, loved it. And she has really been that great person who's really followed through. She's consistently taking the actions yeah. that have led her and to help her grow her business. And she's going to continue. I mean, things are just continuing. The, the momentum is really starting to kick in for her. And that's what I loved about it is because my client's success is my success. Sure. Yeah. No. And, and it does take consistency, right? It's not just, Hey, let me do, do this for a couple of weeks and then I can kind of sit back and coast. It, you know, it's like we talked about earlier, it's all compounding. Right. And, and I love the penny example uh, where if you miss three days, it cuts your, your total worth after a year down was it a year or a month a month a month you missed three days and it's like a quarter of what it would have been otherwise i mean that's right. that's a powerful example so i mean as we kind of wrap it up here um i mean what what would be i mean like you've already said there's so much to cover you know obviously you know you have uh programs and resources and and all types of material that you go over with your clients but you know, if you could leave the audience with maybe just one or two pieces of advice when it comes to to dealing with fear. Uh, you know, I, I love what you said earlier about shifting your mindset and 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 thinking about fear differently, using fear to fuel you instead of, you know, the, the traditional oh, fear is something that we should try to avoid at all costs or get away from any advice on, on how someone can actually go about making that mindset shift? Cause again, it's one of those things you hear it and you're like, yeah, okay. It makes sense. But how, um, and, and just generally speaking, any advice for someone that just feels stuck, maybe they're, maybe they're an aspiring entrepreneur. They love the idea of getting into business for themselves. They just can't start taking those steps or for the business owner. That's, that's plateaued and, and they're ready to, to take things to the next level too. Well, we'll first talk about a, a, a really quick, easy framework when you are starting to feel that fear. So when you are in the middle of fear, number one, stop and breathe. It's mm -hmm. amazing the power of our breath. Mm -hmm. Because when we get into that fight or flight response, we go into the and we're not getting enough oxygen. Yeah. When you stop and take a nice deep breath, and, and just as I say it, I slow down. And you lower the intensity. It reduces your heart rate. It reduces your, uh, th there's, there's a lot of physiological shifts that happen just by taking that breath. Mm -hmm. And that, that hopefully that's bringing you out of the emotional mind back into the logical mind. The next thing you do is you acknowledge fear showing up and you, you want to appreciate fear. The other thing a lot of people need to understand is that fear is just a warning sign. And because of that, we need to stop and analyze what sign is fear really holding up because fear has not really evolved with human society. Yeah. We're not facing cyber saber-toothed tigers and grizzly bears every day. Okay. We're not, but 
it reacts like that when we, especially with the fear of the unknown, when we don't know, when it can't quantify something, as opposed, even though it may be something simple and mild, like a, you know, dip sign, because it doesn't recognize, it doesn't have something to acknowledge what that threat really is, it's going to go, do not enter. And so that, which again, causes us to turn and run back to our comfort zone. So we need to stop and say, okay, fear, thanks for showing up. What is your concern? What are you trying to tell me? And when we stop and analyze it, okay, yeah, I see a little bit of risk here. Okay, let's analyze what's the risk. Let's address the fears, concerns, and mitigate them. But we also want to make sure that we move forward. It says, okay, yeah, we can handle that risk. You know, right now, my death, my challenge with COVID is I have a 99.986% chance of dying from COVID. Does that mean I'm going to run and hide from COVID? No, because I understand the risks and I have mitigated the risks. I feel very comfortable going out and meeting people face to face and doing those things that I need to do in order to move forward and grow my business and to become the person I want to be because I, honestly, I'm sick and tired of staying in my own room by myself. Yeah. And so we need to learn how to move forward, but we also need to understand that we can handle whatever life throws at us. You're sitting here looking at me, listening to this and your audience is sitting there and you're still breathing, right? Mm -hmm. Which means you have survived everything life has thrown at you. Now, doesn't it make sense? You've survived this long. Doesn't it make sense that you will be able to survive whatever else life throws at you? Yep. So all you need to do is say, hey, when that fear shows up, says, look, I can handle it. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. And one of my clients, she goes, that's future client's problem. It's not my client. It's not my problem right now. That's future client's problem. And that's her way of dealing with that step 3087 when she's on step 45. Yep. So oh, that's future person's problem. Now in a long term, how do you really make that shift to get fear to, to pull you forward is you need to change the meaning you have around fear so that fear means that you're growing and learning. It also means that you need to shift what you're focusing on because when you are focused on the things that can go wrong, what are you going to get? The, the things that are going to go wrong. If you focus on what could go right, you're going to get those things. Yeah, absolutely. Down at the Texas Motor Speedway, they actually, you can go drive a NASCAR. And after they've gotten you comfortable in the vehicle, they let you go out on the track by yourself and they put a cone out in the third turn. And they tell you one thing. You go, all right, we want you to make a lap and we want you to do not hit the cone 80% of the people hit the cone because they're looking at it they're staring because at it because they're focused on yep. the cone yep and that's what they're trying to teach them is you, where you you where you go is where your focus is and tony has a saying where focus where energy where focus goes energy flows yep and so focus on where you want to go not on where you don't want to go because there's a lot of people that know where they don't want to go, but they really don't know where they want to go. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get clear on that first. Um, because 
having that, that clarity and really understanding your motivations, that's powerful to help you push through, you know, a lot of this fear, uncertainty, and doubt that we've been talking about. Um, you don't want to burn the boats if you don't even know where the hell you're going or trying to go. <laughs> right. That's actually something that we talked about in the beforehand. Yeah. You actually have to know two points on a map. One, you got to have to have a decent map, but two, you got to know where you're going, but you also got to know where you are. Mm -hmm. And so part of that clarity piece is charting that path, creating that plan on how to get there. We actually, clarity is actually the first key in my five keys of success. We've talked about number two, even a little bit with commitment about burning the boats. And number three is taking action which we've talked about. You got to go out there. You got to be implementing. You got to be doing these things in order for you to grow. And number four is that accountability piece. Without the accountability, you're never going to reach those higher levels. And then the fifth step is self-mastery. It's where you grow into the person who can become and produce the results you want. Because if you could produce the results you're looking for right now, at that higher level, don't you think you would be able to do that already? Absolutely. If you could do it, chances are you would be doing it. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, the accountability piece gives you that step and says, okay, what's not working? But the growth piece grows you into the person who can produce the level of results you're looking for. It's powerful stuff, Brian. Um, and I could talk to you about this type of stuff all day. And, and I'm glad we did get to, to kind of at least briefly hit on the five keys of success. So maybe we can use that as a little teaser for uh, getting you back on for round two at some point. But um, no, no doubt in my mind, everyone that's going to listen to this uh, will get a ton of value from it. I know I certainly have. And uh, really, really appreciate you coming here on the podcast and, and sharing uh, your advice and, and a lot of what you, you know, do with your paid coaching clients um, real quickly, if you got another, just like 30 seconds, I always do what I call a lightning round uh, at the end of my, my episodes. These are the same four questions. I ask every guest that, that comes on. Uh, and the first question is simply, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? And that could be in business or in just general life advice. Ask yourself a higher quality question. As I look at my my board over here, that's what popped up into my head. Yeah. Because the, the question that's written on the board is, what is my outcome? Mm. Where do I want to go? What am I trying to accomplish? And then the, the other one that's beside that is, make it happen. I love that. I, I That, that kind of stuck out to me earlier when you said, you know, I asked myself higher quality questions. Um, so that's great. Um, what book are you reading right now? I am reading the talent war. One okay. of the challenge that so many small business owners struggle with is finding the right people. Yeah. And, um, if you, uh, I don't remember Jocko's last name. Willink. Yeah. Yeah. He, it's his team. The guy that co-wrote, um, it's extreme ownership. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is his name? Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it, okay. It, it's on All my right. phone. It's what I'm listening to. And it's around creating a culture where those A players want the team that they want to be on. And so it's it's more about turning you into the and creating the culture in the business where those A players want to come play. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's right up my alley. Um, the talent war. All right. Very good. Um, next question is, do you have any sort of a morning routine, something that you try to do every morning to prime yourself for a successful day? Yes and no. I am been working to craft that, but I am much more of a night owl than a morning person. So usually I get stuck staying up too late and I'm cramming in. So, okay. In order for me to get enough sleep. All right. I'll, I'll skip it. Yeah. But there are certain things that I do uh, both at night as well as in the morning. And mm -hmm. that's all around my incredible results. Not when I program in the evenings, one of the things I'm doing is I'm planning out my day for tomorrow. And then I'm also setting that in, those intentions on what I want to do. Depending upon what's going on, sometimes I'm actually giving my subconscious a job. Like if I'm going to be needing to produce a podcast the next day and I haven't written it out yet, I'll give my subconscious the task of says, okay, I need to come up with a, a topic. And so I've got my list here. So I'm going to say, okay, um, okay. So I'm, I, my topic is great versus good. Okay. So how do I convey that? And, and so subconscious, I want you to come up with 12 to 15 minutes on that topic. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go to sleep. Now, the other benefit to that is the fact that I get great sleep because my mind isn't keeping going because yeah. I've written down all the things on that sheet on, on my, in my journal about what I'm, what the plan is for tomorrow. Now that's great. Helps me get a great night's sleep. Also sets the plan for tomorrow, especially for me, because I have a tendency to jump into my days. So yep. when I'm getting up, getting up in the morning and Part of that is one, I'm grabbing my cup of coffee. I go through my gratitude. I go through my goals and I'm also sitting down and reviewing my journal and, and formulating, okay, I'm revalidating my priorities. I'm, if anything has come in to adjust those priorities, I'm making those necessary adjustments. But again, at the end of the, for the end of my morning, it's like, okay, we're prepared. We're ready to go tackle the day and make it a great day. Because again, it's, it's being intentional. If I could get people to do one thing, I want them to be intentional with how they use their time. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Final question of the lightning round is, what is your definition of freedom and are you living it? My definition of freedom is the ability to do what you want, where you want, when you want, with whomever you want. Now, am I living that? Yes and no. I'm getting there. I'm moving in that direction. Because again, at the end of the day, if we're not growing, we're falling behind. And so I am always have that goal out in front of me. I'm, I'm wanting to get closer and closer to that. But I'm doing what I love to do. I will be doing this for the rest of my life. Because I love helping people grow and succeed. I love watching that light bulb go off on people's faces, but I love to be standing there on the sideline behind the stage, clapping and, and cheering them on as they celebrate their successes because their success is my success. Well said. 
Well said. Well, I love what you're doing. Keep up the good work. Where can people connect with you? Um, you've authored, I think, numerous books, uh, three books. And uh, where can people find the books? Where could they talk to you if they're interested in coaching services? You mentioned your incredible results, 91 day program. Tell us where people can get more. Well, you can go to the five keys of success.com and there's a lot of it from free resources available right there. Because again, we've covered a lot of different stuff. One of the things that I have done, because I do a number of these podcasts, sometimes I'm going 10 minutes, sometimes I'm going 20, sometimes I go an hour and a half. But I have created a 90 minute masterclass that people can go listen to. I do it live about once a month. You can go listen to the replay and it's goes a deeper dive into fear and why we have it and what's hot and all about it. Plus, I also dive into the five keys and how to use those. Like you were asking the question, okay, how do I get past this? And it gives you that methodology in a lot of those tools. It's 90 minutes of pure education. There is no sales pitch in it whatsoever. There is an invitation to get on a discovery call with me. And if somebody wants to do that, we can go to visitwithbrian.com and they can schedule a free discovery session with me where we talk about where you are, where you want to go and how to help you get there. So I like for people to start off with listening to the masterclass because it helps set them up for that session. Sure. And the if you want to get a free copy of Unleash Your Fear, you got to listen to the masterclass because that's the bonus that's given in the masterclass. Very good. Very good. And I had a chance to listen to, to Unleash Your Fear. You sent it to me after uh, we connected to, to talk about the podcast. And uh, it's definitely worth the time. Very, very uh, informative and, and I would say inspiring. And so go check out the masterclass. Uh, get the copy of Unleash the Fear. And then hop on a call with Brian if you want to want to talk more. But um, we'll link all this in the show notes to make it easy for people to find you. Brian, again, really appreciate you and everything that you're doing to help others succeed. And thanks so much for dropping in here on the Path to Freedom podcast. It's been a pleasure, Wes, and I wish everyone the best. Thanks so much. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at Path2FRDM.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.